episode 58, Facial Acupuncture Professor Gives a Rare Interview. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, and today we heard Michelle Gellis' perspective. Join 2017 Podcast Awards-nominated host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, as he gets a rarely seen look into the specialties of all types of doctors and guests, plus marketing, travel tips, struggles, goals, and relationship advice. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. Get ready. Get excited. If you like acupuncture, then you are going to be excited for the next five weeks. Yes, that's right. We have acupuncture month. We have a naturopath that does acupuncture, emotional trauma. We got books. We've got someone who studied in China and in Australia. So prepare yourself for the ancient art and science of acupuncture. I hope everybody is having a fantastic Mardi Gras today. You might say to yourself, oh, Justin, now the music completely makes sense. Yes, of course. That's where I'm from. Fat Tuesday. Stay safe. On with the program. Are y'all ready to learn some new things about cosmetic facial acupuncture? A long-term professor who's going to talk all things collagen rejuvenation, intradermal, under the muscle, needling. She's got lots of classes, patient stories. We even talk about marketing and know your, knowing your true value, treating neuromuscular conditions of the face. Lots and lots of cool things like that. She normally doesn't do interviews, but today she made an exception. Because why would a chiropractor be in China? Well, don't worry. We don't talk about that during the interview. But hey, someone as good as she is, I'm glad she chose to to say yes. And you will be excited that you did. She's got classes in March coming up. So take a listen. If you like it, go to her website, facialacupuncturclasses.com, and you can sign up. Tell a friend. Send them a link. Follow me on Facebook. You can find all the links, all the pictures. Share it. Spread the word. It's something that you need to know about. It's something that other people should know about. Let's not let it be a secret in 2018 any longer. Today's episode, a doctorsperspective.net slash 58 is for the show notes. Let's go hashtag behind the curtain. Live from China and Maryland, we have a new type of guest today. We have a professor. Professor of what, you might ask? Acupuncture. Michelle Gellis, licensed acupuncturist. Welcome to the show. Hi. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Like I said, we haven't had your type of expertise on the show yet. So I'm really excited to pick your brain about your specialty, which is kind of facial acupuncture and teaching classes about that. So I really would love to know, um, maybe bring it back just a little bit. How did you decide to do acupuncture of all the things that you could have done in life? Well, youngest child was uh, born with a condition called albinism. So he is an albino. Oh. And one of the problems with albinism is it affects the vision. And uh, even at six weeks old, we noticed there was something wrong with his eyes. And so we did some research and found in the British Journal of Ophthalmology that acupuncture could help with involuntary eye movement, which is called nystagmus. There really wasn't a Western medical treatment for it. So when he was about 12 weeks old, we took him for acupuncture. And um, as luck would have it, the person who was his acupuncturist was one of the world's leading experts on scalp acupuncture, Dr. Jason Howe. And uh, the needles went in and my son's eyes stopped 
moving. Whoa. I mean, it was, it was, <laughs> it was only 12 weeks old. So there was no placebo effect. There was no, um, you know, participation on his part at all. Just screaming. It, well, no, there was none of that either. He actually fell asleep. Oh. And so for two and a half years, we took him to see Dr. Howe for acupuncture. When we moved to Maryland, we were living in Albuquerque at the time. When we moved to Maryland, I was um, interested in changing careers. My background's in computer science, uh, but I had been a stay-at-home mom running a nanny agency for a few years in New Mexico. So when we got to Maryland, I started getting acupuncture myself, and I really loved it, and I looked into acupuncture school and fell in love with um, the holistic aspects and the, um, you know, no medicine, and it's something that I could do for the rest of my life till I can't hold a needle anymore. That's right. Heck, they even have those electric kind now, don't they? Yeah, I don't know a lot about that. Okay. Um, I'm okay. very old school. I'm a five-element acupuncturist, which is a little different than TCM, uh, but too much information to go into in okay. a podcast. But it's, it's a very, very old form of acupuncture, so I don't use any gizmos or gadgets okay. in my treatment. And at this point, when you look at where you've been and where you are now, what have you developed as as your specialty in the field? So I became interested in what's commonly known as facial rejuvenation acupuncture or cosmetic acupuncture. When I was still a student, I was 43, 44 when I graduated acupuncture school and um, living out west had certainly taken its toll on my skin. Mm. So I uh, did it for purely selfish reasons. <laughs> a classmate, <laughs> classmate and myself went up and uh, studied with someone and we worked on each other and no one in Maryland was doing it. In fact, for a long time, she and I were the only two people in Maryland after we graduated who was you know, doing cosmetic acupuncture. So I studied with many different people and put together a system based on what I knew about the meridians, what I knew about acupuncture, what I had learned, and quickly had my students from the acupuncture school. I started teaching right after I graduated. A lot of my students wanted to learn. And that's kind of how the classes got started. And that was back in 2005, 2006. It's been a while. And for those who don't know, because not everybody is into acupuncture that listens, I've been around here, you know, in China for about four years. And every time you go to a different hospital or you see a different doctor, it's like they just have their own, not their own, but they've learned what works and they've through their own practice. And if they were to write a, a, a manual of, of this is how you treat, you know, herniated discs, this is how you treat this, they probably wouldn't look all that similar. There'd be some similarities, but there'd be enough differences where you're like, how did you pick these points over these other points that I like to use? Is that accurate? Absolutely. Acupuncture um, has been around for over 5,000 years. So there have been many teachers and masters and they all have their own style. We all start from the same foundation of points, mm -hmm. but within that, there are a lot of different ways to get to the same place. And cosmetic acupuncture is no different, even within the realm of cosmetic acupuncture. Um, in this country, there's 
just a handful of us who teach mm -hmm. cosmetic acupuncture who are certified by the American Acupuncture Council to teach facial acupuncture. And we all have different styles um, and techniques, but the end result is to, you know, help, help the person, not just on the outside, but on the inside as well. well. And that's one thing I'm curious too is about is what, what would be some of the most common, I don't know, uh, conditions or reasons somebody would want to go see you for fate? Like what does that en encompass? If you were to mark, what would you market? Well, cosmetic acupuncture first and foremost, typically is for individuals who would like to improve the appearance of their skin. Now that can mean, um, erasing fine lines, helping to improve deeper wrinkles and folds, um, improve the color of the skin, the texture of the skin. But it goes beyond that in that, um, and that's why I call it facial acupuncture and not just cosmetic because uh, it can also help with uh, common skin things like acne or um dark spots, things of that like that. But it also helps with Bell's palsy and TMJ. And um, if someone has had a stroke, someone who is very well versed in cosmetic acupuncture will understand the musculature of the face, the um, all the different nerves in the face mm -hmm. and how they innervate the muscles in the face and being able to work with that along with body points that affect those meridians, mm -hmm. they can affect uh, change in the face, not just on the skin level. And I've seen that personally here is we'll see a, a decent amount of, uh, you know, strokes. And we had a guy, he fell, I don't know, four stories and mm -hmm. his right eye just doesn't work right now. And they're like, you're going to have to have three surgeries in about six months. And, um, you know, they're asking my opinion. And I was like, look, I can adjust your neck all day, but it's not going to reconnect those nerves. And um, the acupuncture, you know, she was like, yeah, let's let's do some acupuncture. She's like, yeah, let's do it. So she's she's got needles all over his face and she does like a little bit of electricity on some of them. And um, yeah, I don't know, know if he's getting results yet, but we see it a lot. It's, it's really interesting, like putting needles in the face and not really... The angle is different. The, the points are going to be different. You can actually treat other parts of the body through the face as well, which was surprising. And vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I threw a term out there and for non-acupuncturists out there, um, the word meridian essentially just describes pathways in the body that have been mapped out over centuries that acupuncturists use. Um, there are 12 main meridians and they run from our toes uh, to our face, from our fingertips to our face um, and vice versa. Some of them run to the torso and they cover the entire body. And then along each one of those pathways, there's points and acupuncturists use those to affect the pathways um, in different ways. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Makes sense. If I had a little, if I had a video, I could show you a little picture. But <laughs> I would like to think, you know, maybe because I'm in my own realm, we've all seen the little the body with the black lines running up and down, and yeah. that's that's the yeah. meridian point. That's the meridians, and there's points throughout there, and they all have, they got all all the points have fancy names, and that's what they go to school. For, you know, part of it is having to memorize where each point is. You know. Yes. So and and um, if I can just piggyback on please. that. 
Um, so the one of the unique things about facial acupuncture, if you think about a face um, compared to the rest of the body, the face has more musculature per square inch as far as different muscle groups than any other part of the body. Mm-hmm. And doing facial acupuncture is very unique because not only are you working with the actual meridians, but someone who is very skilled can work with individual individual muscle groups and either needle trigger points or motor points that affect the muscle. You can needle underneath the muscle and really sculpt the face in ways that uh, you probably wouldn't be interested in doing like on a shoulder or a uh, back or something. So it's one of the things that makes facial acupuncture unique is uh, the different um, ways that we use needles as opposed to just putting them into acupuncture points. When that's what you just caught my off guard with the under the muscle. So that actually mm-hmm. takes some pretty intense skills. And is that what you're teaching in these classes that are approved by the acupuncture place? Yeah. yeah. Um, in my, I have two different classes that I teach. One of them is more cosmetic mm-hmm. and the other is treating neuromuscular facial conditions. In the cosmetic class, I teach some basic submuscular and intramuscular needling techniques, but the main focus of that class is learning which body points affect the skin and the different organ systems that affect the face and also the acupuncture points on the face and which of those to use. Um, The more advanced techniques of submuscular needling and motor points and things of that nature is taught in my neuromuscular class. Um, And uh, one important piece of uh, acupuncture is that it it works not just with... um, like a, a, if you're thinking about the whole body, when I'm doing facial acupuncture, I'm diagnosing the person first to see how their liver's functioning, how their kidneys are functioning, how their spleen's functioning, because the major organ systems like the lungs and the stomach and the bladder all affect our skin, mm-hmm. our blood, and Right, because yeah. so all the organs are connected to everything's connected to everything. Yeah, and that that's one of the unique things about uh, what you do, right? Yeah, I would think uh, so. Because when you're doing an adjustment, you're treating frequently. You're not just treating the back. You're work, you know, right? Because it's all through the spine, yeah, wherever the nerves go. Yeah. So when I'm doing a liver point on someone's foot, let's say, mm-hmm. it can help their liver liver to function better the liver cleans the blood if your blood is deficient or stagnant or not healthy it's going to show up in your complexion mm-hmm. same thing with kidneys if you're kidney deficient you're going to have dark circles under your eyes your uh, you know it's your adrenals so it it all it's all connected so when I teach facial acupuncture, and not everyone does it this way, some people just treat the face. When I teach facial acupuncture, I do a full body treatment, and that enables the patient to relax because I'm 
taking care of body, mind, mm-hmm. their spirit, and it helps their organs to be more healthy as well. See, that was going to be one of the, so the follow-up questions I had for you was, if you're, if you're just on the face, there's different parts. You know, you can do all ear and, and hit every part of the body just by the ears because I'm guessing there's going to be points yeah. in the face. If you don't really know what you're doing, potentially you might hit a spot that's like, oh, that's going to upregulate the kidneys. But your, your kidneys are already upregulated. You need to actually drop those down. So you wouldn't have hit that point. You would have done this other point. And then, then you went in here and said, actually, I go to the foot. I go some results to make sure the, the organ systems are actually doing their job so that way you can you know, kill two birds with one stone. Take care of this. Skin's going to get better. Yeah. And we can get rid of your crow's feet at the same time. Yes. Um, I like that. So by, yeah, by treating the body, you're treating the face. And by treating the face, you're treating the body. There are points on the face that you don't want to needle under certain conditions. Another big piece of facial acupuncture, and the reason why it is the only branch of acupuncture in this country that requires a separate certification. So you can you can do pediatrics, geriatrics, treat cancer, a multitude of different things, and you don't have to have a special certification. But for facial acupuncture, you do within the realm of the the major insurance company for acupuncturists in this country. And there's really only two companies that most of us use. But with the American Acupuncture Council Insurance, they require a special certification because there are contraindications. This does bring a lot of energy to the head. Mm -hmm. And uh, people that have high blood pressure, who aren't in good health, people who um, suffer from frequent migraines, they should not be having facial acupuncture. You see, that's interesting because they wouldn't have a special rider for that or like, you know, uh, a, you need to have a certification if it didn't work. If it didn't actually have a, a response in a negative way, they wouldn't even care. But they do and it does happen. So there's just there's something to it for sure. Well, there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've treated thousands and thousands of um, individuals, uh, both in my classes and my practice. And I'm also a product of the product myself. I treat myself. I have colleagues that treat me. I am 56 years old. I wouldn't have guessed that. Well, thank you. Uh, At some point, I won't be able to brag about it, I guess. Um, (laughs) Age will creep up. I'd have to be doing it every day on myself. But I do try to stay ahead of the little fine lines and, um, you know, gravity and old age being thin working a lot it all takes its toll and um 15 years living out west in in the desert yeah um we certainly yeah you could always just uh throw caution to the wind and eat anything you want and you can get fat those last 10 20 years of your life because you know fat people they typically don't really have as many wrinkles because you know i know but i mean i'm not really recommending know. that but yeah i i you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> Justin's a joker here. He's a joker. No, it's true. It's true. I um, when I teach my class, I have pictures of twins that I identical twins. Mm-hmm. Uh, that there was a study done on identical twins and just who looks older. Yeah, essentially. And you know, one of them smoked. One of them didn't. One of them lived in Florida. One of them lived in Michigan. Oh. One of them was skinny. One of them was heavy. Uh, one of them had a rough life. One of them had an easy life. And 
the differences are astounding in their appearances. That would be fun to search so, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was uh, it was in a magazine. You've just given me an idea, though. That would make an interesting uh, social media post. Just take a picture of that. Yeah, I like it. Well, before we move on to something else, I'm curious about the uh, the misconceptions. I'm trying to sprinkle some in there while we were having the conversation. But what are some of the most common misconceptions? Somebody's calling your office. Hey, I'd like to get some treatment, but... People in this country, especially, well, I don't know anything about other countries. So let's just talk about people in this country. They want a quick fix. They call me up. They want to know. This is not a one size fits all um, treatment. So when people call me up and potential patient calls me up and they want facial acupuncture, they will ask, how many treatments? Yeah. And I don't know because I have not seen them. I don't have their history. This is not Botox <laughs> or some other type of thing where I could say, well, I'm going to do this. It's going to take this long. And this is what you're going to look like afterwards. You're going to need patience. It does take, it takes 12 weeks yeah. for the body to produce collagen. That's a while. So you're looking, if you have visible signs of aging, and not all of my patients do, I believe it or not, I have patients in my practice who are in their late 20s, early 30s, and they are coming to me because they want to maintain their youthful appearance, and I applaud them. They are doing Mm -hmm. something proactive so that they don't have to have a facelift, get the Botox, get the fillers, lasers, peels, all this stuff that people are doing, which is painful and harsh and some cases dangerous. I mean, Botox is botulism. Botulism. Yeah, I had somebody, they couldn't use half their face for a few weeks after one time they did it. I was like, I can't help you. (laughs) So what I tell people is it, uh, it's not a one and done. You can't rush the body. It's like making a baby or putting braces on your teeth. It is something that is gradual. But um, my patients Mm -hmm. who come to me regularly, I have women who come to me now that are in their late 50s, early 60s that have been coming to me since they were in their late 40s. And they look as good now as they did then. And trust me, when you're 60, if you look like you're 48, you're very happy. Um, you know, if more people yeah. went even once a month and got facial acupuncture, then it really it slows the aging process down dramatically and in some cases stops it, the visible signs of aging, it, it practically stops it in its tracks. So. And like you said, it's, it's the collagens, whatever it does to the collagen. Yes. Well, I mean, and there are, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of uh, different things that go on because aging doesn't just take place on right. the skin level, right? You've got your muscles begin mm-hmm. to atrophy, shrink. That's why old people uh, look the way they do. They don't have as much muscle. Um, you're fat. You have less fat. Mm-hmm in your face it just kind of all slides down to your stomach and your butt when you get old (laughs) but it literally you know your (laughs) body will use fat in your face because it's non-essential before it'll go towards fat 
that surrounds your organs, which is essential. So you have less fat in your face and yeah. your muscles are not, you don't have as many muscles, they're not functioning as well. And so everything star and gravity. So it's, it's all about bringing yeah. energy up to the face, into the muscles. And I do facial cupping and facial gua sha as uh, the end, I know, it, people oh. think of cupping, they think of Michael Phelps in the Olympics and those big red marks, but facial... And gua sha with yeah, the, and it was like a big brush burn. Nothing, nothing like that, nothing like okay. that. Okay. Very, <laughs> we're not very getting, gentle. We're not getting chiropractic style Yeah, oh, this. you're thinking of like with that Grafton technique or something. <laughs> yeah, let's get after it. <laughs> yeah, no, um, facial okay. cupping is very gentle. I put some organ oil or coconut oil on the face and it's very gentle facial um and and, and it, it's great for bringing blood and what we call chi or energy out to the skin and uh the gua sha helps mm-hmm. to sculpt the muscles and to sculpt the face and it's extremely relaxing we do it on the temples and the temporalis muscle down the back of the neck somebody, it helps with that. I was say so many people have they clench their teeth. They, they keep a lot of their stress oh. and anxiety in their jaw. So those muscles have got yeah. to be ready for some gua sha. We just need to release these muscles a little bit and you'll just, your, your face is going to look younger already, possibly. You'll have to take my facial cupping and gua sha webinar and you'll learn all about uh-huh. it. <laughs> I like the gentle plug. Um, and, uh, you know, if you have a lot of tension, in the back of your neck, as most people do these days from texting all day long and looking at their phones, um, doing gua sha down the back of the neck mm-hmm. can really help to release the face as well. Oh, yeah. I like I like marketing, so I'm not going to lie to you about this. When we're talking 12 weeks or someone who's like, I really want to do it for a year because I know that's going to give me the best results. Have you found that offering like packages or bundling things together and offering a better price helps people to commit to the care that ultimately that they would need? (sighs) My students ask me this all the time. (laughs) And, you know, here's the thing. And this is a personal thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to think of what I do as more of a medical treatment. Mm -hmm. You would never go to your, now it is cosmetic, but you would never go to your MD and say, hey, could could you give me a deal here? Because, you know, I, I really do want to have this gallbladder surgery, but, you know, it's, it's cost prohibitive. Could you cut me a break? I, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm sure there are acupuncturists out there who would um, discount their uh, services. Mm-hmm. I value my time. And uh, if I were charging less for what I do, I would probably um, not be as joyful about what it is. We can get better. And I'd have more patience, but I would rather patients be relaxed and be doing the best possible job I could and not feel like I was some Borgen basement acupuncturist. Yeah trying to get as many people in here as possible. And that's me. And you can edit it out. No. You can leave it in. I, I'm just being as honest as possible. Um, I have had people. The only thing I will do in my other business, which uh, I've been, uh, I've had for about six years now, I think, um, 
I have a micro needle derma roller business. And what I will do if uh, people are really trying to haggle me over the price is I will tell them if they pay for all 12 treatments up front, I will give them a free derma roller. And they feel like they've gotten something yeah. and I feel, um, you know, I'm not resentful over it because I haven't just sat there and worked for free. Yeah. Uh, does that make sense? It makes hundred percent sense. And I want to say this too, is I think when I chat with people who are kind of in your area of practice, who's, you know, a little older and been there for a while versus the new guys and gals out 25 years old, there's a different thinking pattern. Like, no, I'm worth the time. I'm worth like my skills and everything. That's what I'm charging. And then young people, I don't know if they don't have the confidence or if they're just, you know, starving, but they're more willing to wheel and deal so that they can, I don't know, build a clientele or maybe put food on the table. But it's definitely like this interesting um, difference between someone who's got 20 years experience versus, you know, two or three. But I like what you're saying. And that's how we should probably start clinic is these my fees. Like I said, you don't get to negotiate your brain surgery. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Um, I teach one of the classes I teach at the acupuncture school, because believe it or not, when I was in school, there were no classes in marketing or promoting your practice or anything. And I was in, I just, I was incredulous. I, you know, finished acupuncture school and was kind of on my own. How do I get the word mm-hmm. out? And so I approached the Dean and I said, we need a class. And he said, fine, put it together. So I teach (laughs) one of the classes that I teach is business practices. And what's the secret? I, I, you know, here's, here's the deal. I treat my practice very much the way I treated dating when I was dating. And that is you have to put a hot, people are only going to put as high of a value on you as you put on yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to go to Massage Envy for a massage and it's $10 or whatever, yeah, whatever it is, it is. whatever it is, um, now they have like an acupuncture version. They got the acupuncture uh, version too. They got a chiropractic version too. Oh, for crying out I didn't out know loud. they did acupuncture now for five ninety five or oh, whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> and, what's it, and all the acupuncturists out there have their panties in a wad. Oh. And I said, you know what? Those people that want to pay ten dollars for acupuncture, I don't want them for my patients. That's a headache, man. That is a headache. <laughs> right now, yes, there is a little bit more um, pressure on me to perform if I'm going to charge what I'm worth. But again, getting back to the dating analogy, um, people put as high of a value on you as you put on yourself. If you put yourself on the sale rack of the store, everyone's going to be wondering why. Mm-hmm. The person, the very first person who trained me back in 2002 or 2003, back then in some little rinky dinky town was charging $300 a treatment. Whoa. Now think about that. I better get some results. She, yes, there better be results. And there's a line of people waiting to see her. Wow. She knew her value and she understood her time and how important it was. I don't care if you're brand new or you've been doing this for 30 years. You cannot diminish the profession and the amount of time and money that you spent in school and your knowledge 
by, you know, offering Groupons or whatever. It, I'm not saying uh, you should never give any kind of. Um, There's a time and place for a uh, discount. Yes. Maybe, thank you. It, it's, maybe it's, at the exam. Sorry to go on a tangent, yeah. but it's one of my pet peeves. Uh, obviously, you know, I was a part of a group, and they they um they were always upset with like chiropractors who they'd always be like, well, I'm gonna charge the full amount for the exam, but then the rest of the twelve visits or whatever, they're all discounted to like a, a ridiculous number or something. And they had the opposite. They're like, look, chiro- you know, chiropractic acupuncture, it's not that mainstream. People have reservations about coming see us, so maybe lower the price on the exam, the exam or the consultation, so they'll come in, chat with you. They'll fall in love with you. They'll fall in love with the results. And then they can pay for every other visit at full price. It's like y'all got some of these people are doing it backwards. And then, you know, like you said, somebody else is going to say, well, no, we don't really discount ever because now I know, you know, I am who I am. I know what I can do. That's just how it's going to be. But well, and there are and and, like I get just starting it. Yeah, that's a different ballgame. I've been there. I've been there and I didn't have other sources of income. But I found that the less you charge, it, it's just like anything else. You know, you go into CVS, you're looking at the skincare products. You're going to buy the one that's $2 or are you going to buy the one that's $200? Well, maybe you're not going to buy the most expensive one, but you're certainly not going to buy the least expensive exactly. one. So, again, marketing. You have to look at what the market will bear where you're living and don't undervalue yourself. Yeah, yep. It's a big conversation, and like I said, I teach a class in it, and my students balk at me, and I get it. One of my students who's in one of these big acupuncture marketing groups on Facebook, and that's all they talk about is oh gosh, you know, all that. Oh please. Anyway, um, it, I taught her facial acupuncture in a class last spring, and she's coming to me as a patient now, and she said, Michelle, you should charge more. Oh. And and I, she said, Michelle, I'm going to be charging more than you. And I I definitely had a little internal angst over raising my rates. Um, That's hard to do. Oh, it is. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. somebody said one time, if you can't be the number one cheapest, what's the point of being the second cheapest? Just be higher. Yeah. <laughs> but well, let's see, we got marketing. That was a really good conversation, in my opinion. We've talked about some of the students, some of the struggles that they have, some misconceptions. Been really, really good so far. I like to switch gears a little bit. Just go a little personal for a minute. You're you sound like a you got four different ways to earn a living. And are you able to actually take vacation? Like what's your plan to to recharge? I here's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> are you one of those people that don't because, even need it? Uh, no, I I do. Okay. And I there was certainly a time when I didn't. When I I have three kids, mm. I was raising them, going to school, and I was younger. When you get older, you definitely need to recharge or you will burn out. Even Oprah recharges. Yeah. But my uh, – and, and, and you recognize the importance of stillness and – You know, even the Tony Robbins of the world, you know, as you get older, life is not just about work. Now, yes, I am a workaholic, but 
when I'm doing nothing, which is rare, <laughs> my family, my family just looks at me like I'm a force of nature. Um, I have this reminder that goes off in my head that says, Michelle, you really do like being in a kayak. And Michelle, you really do like hiking. And wow, working on a needlepoint or reading a book is really restorative. Um, I don't watch TV. Mm -hmm. I catch a movie mm, once a week or so. When I'm exercising in the morning, I do all my social media stuff. Um, so it's out of the way and done for the day. It's convenient. But as far, yeah, well, yeah, which means I do a lot of cardio <laughs> because it's kind of hard to lift weights and do social media at the same time. Um, but if there was a way, I, I would be doing Siri, it. Siri, send this text, please. <laughs> Yeah, yes. <laughs> Siri, take a picture of me and uh, tell Alexa to. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, what I have figured out, well, I, I hate winter and I live in a place in the country where we got winter starts in November and it doesn't go away until like May. And you're having a bomb so, cyclone I heard right now? Or is that on the uh, California coast? God. Did you see that? I mean, I, I saw it on the news. I was like, on the, uh, you know, the internet. I'm like, what in the world? I had to Google that term. Oh, my God. I'm glad I'm not there. I, I'm, I'm so over it. Anyway, what I decided a few years ago was instead of just teaching my facial acupuncture classes locally, I was going to take my show on the road. So what I do, and I am answering your question about vacations, yeah. what I do yeah. is I plan my classes in places that I want to go to. Ooh. So. So you may see me in China someday. I don't know. But I... Teacher wants to go to Myrtle Beach. I'm going to Myrtle Beach. Yes. Yes. So this autumn, I taught a class in Asheville, North Carolina. Now, I, I do pick places where there are acupuncturists. Like, I wouldn't be in Montana. Um, but... But why would you go there anyway? Oh, Billings. So sorry. Oh. <laughs> I want to go to Montana. I love the mountains. Yeah, I was going to say, the I mountains do. are where you would go. That's for sure. Yeah. No, I, and I like what you're saying, though. You pick um, places because you're the one teaching yeah. it. You're presenting it. You can pick wherever you want. You can just find a hotel, have a place where there's acupuncture people kind of populated so they don't have to, you know, there's a local following at least. Absolutely. Wow. So this winter, and here's a little plug for my classes, I'm going to be in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona next week. So the class is three days, but I'm going to show up a day early so I can uh, acclimate a little bit to the time. Um, and then I am going to um, do some shopping and enjoy some biking and hiking. I'll teach for three days, get out to Sedona, and I usually will meet up with uh, a friend who might live there or have someone come meet me. And that is how I do my vacations. I'm going to be in Florida three times this winter. I'm going to be in Sarasota, and then I'm taking two weeks in between to vacation. And then I'm going to be in Fort Lauderdale, and I'm going back in March. I'll be in Orlando, um, not really for vacation. I was invited to teach at an acupuncture school there. And I'm considering California. I haven't really firmed anything up. Uh, 
but next fall I may be doing Europe for the first time. So that is how I get my vacation. It's like work. Do your classes fill up every time? Do they sell out? Not every time, but I always make enough money to pay for the trip and a few days of vacation on either end. Um, And that's always my goal. So my classes, I keep them really small. The largest class I've ever had was when I taught in LA. I had 35 students. And fortunately, I had two assistants. And um, so that went off really well. But I'd like to keep my classes small because it's very hands-on. And we're learning techniques using little intradermal needles, other needling techniques. So I don't want to teach to 200. Yeah, I kind of want the personal attention, like at least every now and then in a weekend, you know? (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, choosing the, the, uh, you know, I, I have been published in the Journal of Chinese Medicine. I've uh, edited a chapter in the acupuncture desk reference. I've been published in quite a few different acupuncture publications like Acupuncture Today and just some new agey uh, places like uh, Elephant Journal, if you're familiar with that. It's like a newsletter for um, new agey people. Tree hugger. <laughs> <laughs> for earth muffins and um trying to get a ted ed or a tedx uh together um, because where i really come alive is when i'm up in front of people but really finding 30 people in another part of the country to come together to take three days off of work and study with you is a big deal it's uh the class yeah, the you know the classes are the reasonably priced, and when you leave that my class, you have everything you need to practice. There's no well now you have to take this class and my advanced class and my this techniques and that techniques. Well, I think we appreciate I that want, for sure. Yeah, I mean, no one wants to have to take twelve different classes to be able to do something. Um, Especially because I'm, I'm sure you've been a part of these. A lot of times you're like, dude, you did it just because you wanted more money because. You yeah. didn't have to take that long. Maybe an extra day and you could have taught what you needed to teach. Like this is ridiculous what you're making us go through. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I don't – having studied facial acupuncture with many different people, I learned what I felt was useful and what I felt was not useful. And sitting around uh, listening to 12 million case studies, <laughs> uh, I'm serious. I mean I – you know, sometimes they'll spend a half a day just going over case studies – I, like, I got it after the second one. Yeah. Can we move on? Yeah. Um, or a lot of time on history. The history of facial acupuncture, you can talk about it in 10 minutes, move on. Uh, I design my classes as a how-to class. Soup to nuts. That's awesome. This is why we're doing what we're doing. This is what we're doing. This is how you do it. Now practice. Is there a website? Where can people find out more about this information? I'm so glad you asked, Justin. Uh, my website is facialacupuncture.classes.com, and it's all one word. Facialacupuncture.classes.com. Yes. I have a website for my practice as well, which is gellisacupuncture.com, and there's a link to my classes there okay. as well. Spell your last name so people who are uh, working out can. <laughs> it's G E L L 
I S. Very good. Ooh-wee. If I had the qualifications to do acupuncture, this sounds like it would be uh, an exciting class to take. And that just tweaks my interest. I just think that it's pretty cool to be able that you can actually do all these things. And then the way you're talking about it, like the how to hands on, you know, one and done, and then just get out there and start practicing and learn it for, you know, learning the intricacies and all this stuff. I really like that idea. And, and I, I applaud you because that's a, it takes a lot of effort to build these classes, to market it, to set all these things up. Um, I mean, I wouldn't even know where to begin doing that stuff, but you're doing it multiple times a year. So, uh, I think that's pretty awesome. Well, um, it's a labor of love. I, I enjoy it and, um, gets me out of my treatment room. And thank you. Thank you. That, uh, is quite an astute observation. And the the way the class is set up, the first two days is all acupuncture. The last day, which I do offer as a standalone class mm. and uh, either in person or as a recorded webinar, is the derma roller, facial cupping, and facial gua sha. And that is actually open to not just acupuncturists, massage therapists, estheticians, physical therapists, Chiropractors, anyone who is interested in learning facial gua sha and facial cupping can take that class. Um, there's no licensure ah. required in order to do cupping or gua sha. That's pretty cool. It gets your feet wet. Kind of learn about what you guys are doing, and that way we can refer to a qualified acupuncturist with confidence that we're like, okay, now we know, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, before I let you go, I love to ask this question and, and see what you got. When it comes to books, blogs or podcasts do you have any that you secretly love and some that you feel like most people should check definitely check out um regarding facial acupuncture or just books that i see yeah books that you would give to somebody it's like you should really read this it'll change your life yeah believe it or not oh god there's so many i i am an avid reader but back when the stock market collapsed um here And actually the housing market, it wasn't when the stock market collapsed, it's when the housing market collapsed. And I saw a huge decline in my practice and my patients. People were losing their jobs. I read a book by Jack Canfield. He wrote the Chicken Soup for the Soul books. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a book called The Success Principles. Okay. And uh, it's a lot of short stories about... Um, oh, geez. Uh, you know, he, he told stories about Colonel Sanders and how uh, he was 80 years old when he came up with his recipe for fried chicken and how Sylvester Stallone actually wrote Rocky and wanted to act in it. And all the studios turned him down because uh, they felt like he couldn't speak. And he went from studio to studio to studio. So it's really it's a great book in where your strengths lie tenacity and it was very motivational yeah. for me so that's my book that's my go-to love it you know i just downloaded this book uh it was on sale uh tools of titans from tim ferris tools of titans yeah or was it the mentor tribe of mentor uh, tribe of mentors because tools of titans is this big thick book and then tribe of mentors is almost like 10 or 11 questions from over 100 different uh, guests that he's had on his show from actors to entrepreneurs and all this different stuff. Anyway, I just kind of started reading it and it's kind of similar to this. Like I'm a fan of those types of books where it's a conglomeration of a lot of other people's opinions <laughs> and success stories yeah. because then it's like, oh, I didn't just hear one person's view. It's a lot of people's views. So 
it's kind of like the Bible. One day it's going to, this is going to speak to you. Like two years from now, if you reread it, something else is going to speak to you, you know? Well, when you, so who is the, who is the author of that? Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss. The world's changing very rapidly mm-hmm. uh, with social media and the way people access information. And I think that that uh, staying on top of that is really important. Having really good skills is important. Being likable a huge one. is important. I, I started reading a book called The Science of Likeability, which is enjoyable. But um, you probably can't put this on your podcast, but one that I read that I really loved. I actually listened to it is the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Love it. Love it. Love it. I'm listening to it for the second time. I, I mean, the guy's kind of an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you listen to him, he, you know, he's obviously, uh, is kind of an idiot, but he had written a short piece for elephant journal. Oh. Believe it. See, it all comes together. He wrote a piece about, the law of yes or no when you're dating. Yeah. And that's what that's how I found his book. But it's just a short piece. Um, and it resonated with me on so many levels. I mean, there, there really is a wisdom that happens when you get older. And you realize you only have another 20 to 30 years to live, right? Yeah. You really start, well, I'm saying, right, like you know what I'm well, talking my, about. You know, but I've been around. Take my word for it. <laughs> uh, it you look backwards a little bit but you you know you're looking at the next you know i've got this much time what have i accomplished what do i want to accomplish what have i done wrong it becomes very 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 reflective and he really kind of hit the nail on the head yeah. with you know people pleasing and it's kind of legacy building that. when you get older it's like what's your legacy going to be what are you going to be able to leave for the next guy that you've, you know, that point you should have accomplished what you need, not necessarily accomplished what you needed to accomplish in life. But like you said, your, your priorities kind of change a little bit and you look beyond yourself. Yeah. So, well, thank, okay. thank you so much for being on the show today. And I definitely hope people will check out facialacupuncture and see you live in a city near you. I've got some new things to talk about. Of course, you can always review us. Give us that five-star review on wherever you listen. But I got four new t-shirts. You know, there's chiropractors, some of them that just like to adjust. There's some like me who do rehab and, you know, decompression and cold laser, things like that. And we call us straights versus mixers. So I created some mixed tour shirts. Uh, they're supposed to be kind of tongue-in-cheek. Hope you like them. Also, the Atlas I have to remove the dins, so therefore, check that out. Maybe you'll like that better. Today's Choices Tomorrow's Health Book, version 2.0, is now out. We got nerve stretches, optimal calorie counter calculators, a section on fasting, and a big old section on how to budget and try to get your financial life in order. All the things that I talk about all the time. It's over 100 extra pages, so get it now. Bonus, my new hot off the presses book. Needless Acupuncture, Self-Treatment Guide for 40 Common Conditions is finally finished. It's been uh, in the works for quite a while. Stop the hurting with no needles or meds. Your roadmap to self-treat your conditions painlessly with needless acupuncture. It's got pictures. It has descriptions. It has, of course, the conditions. And I plan to have video tutorials soon. Just go to the website and check it out. Also on the website, look on the top right. All the social media icons are right there. Whichever you like to follow me on, click that button and say hello. We just went hashtag behind the curtain, and this episode has come to an end. I hope you got the right dose for your optimal life. 
Please spread the word about this podcast by telling two friends, sharing on social media, and visit the show notes on adoptorsperspective.net to see all the references from today's guest. A sincere thank you in advance. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you a doctor's perspective. <laughs>